We thank you for the supply of the Spirit. Thank you for you've anointed me to preach, to teach, and to heal. And we ask, Father, that you open the eyes of our understanding and that we see the true intent of your word and that we are strengthened and better for it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for as your word comes through, it's confirmed by miracles, signs, and wonders that even as we go out for evangelism later on, that we bring in the harvest that you've asked us to bring in the name of Jesus, that your word goes in to and in through the city in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we've prayed. All right. So, yes, pastor, part of the testimony is that I think two weeks ago, too, is that we had people rededicate their lives to Christ and got someone saved. Um, that's the point of greater works. And again, I think I'll just start my message with preaching that simple gospel. Um, that if you're in church and you're not saved, that is, you've never had a conscious decision to say, look, I accept the Lord Jesus, that he died for me, that he resurrected and he's at the right hand of the Father, all for me or all for you, uh, then you're not, you're not a Christian. You can just be a church guy. And that's not to speak down on you. That's to give you a sense of direction um, that truly there's heaven and truly there's hell. And God wants you to have life eternally with him. Praise God. And so if you've never made that conscious effort, uh, it's, it's quite easy. It's if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth uh, that Jesus is Lord, so shall you be saved. That's, that's all it takes. And when you've done that, then you begin to get discipled. And that's another message again. If you're a believer and you're not getting discipled, then that's not God's plan for you. God's plan for you is for you to be in church. God's plan for you is to grow in the faith. God's plan for you is to become more responsible with your life. God's plan for you is that your life begins to shine forth. And so um, I want to encourage you. Actually, no, that's not, it's not encouragement. It's actually a command. Praise God. In the Bible, it's a word of authority that grow in the knowledge and in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That makes sense. That's when your worship begins to make sense. Every other thing doesn't count. Praise God. And we also said during the week or last week and the previous that if you have struggles, then the church is the place to be in. And not just to be in, the church is the place to find someone to talk to. Um, don't go through life alone. Praise God. Don't go through life alone. All right, so to our topic, or to, yes, to our topic for today, we're still doing greater works, and last week we started um, talking about the Holy Spirit. So today, we'll dig deeper into that, and the, the topic for today, it will be all things spirit. All things spirit. Praise God. All things spirit. John chapter 14. Let's do John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Do we have our Bibles? Uh, some of us don't have our Bibles. <laughs> I think we have some extra Bibles, but what we'll do is that we'll sell it to you. With, because you must have a Bible. We'll sell it at extra cost. See what the Bible says? Buy the truth. <laughs> Praise God. All right, I just want to encourage you. Come to church with Bibles, yes? That's what we do in church. All right. So John chapter 14 from verse 16. And now this is Jesus still speaking, and he says, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, 
but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And he says again, I will not leave you comfortless. Um, he says, yeah, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the word seeth me no more. But you see me, because I live, you shall live also. And that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and that you are in me, praise God, and I in you. And he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. And let's jump to 23. 23 says, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. It says, He that loveth me not, he that loveth me not, keepeth not my sins. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. It says, These things I have spoken to you, being present with you. It says, Now, again, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Now, I want you to take note of that. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I live with you, my peace I give to you, and not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, not, neither let it be afraid. Now, we've talked about peace, peace and troubled waters in the month of January. But 26 there, he says, But the Comforter, now which is the Holy Ghost, whom my Father will send in my name, he shall teach you, all things. Now, I want us to take note of that word. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. Now, last week, a uh, teacher last week was telling us that now the Holy Ghost is God. The Holy Ghost is Jesus. Now, that's three of them in one. Um, continuing from that place, at every point in the world, from the creation of the world, there has been or there have been three dispensations. Now, the first was that of the Father. I mean, just God and everybody trying somehow through religion, trying to get to know God. And that knowing and that understanding of God was blurred because there was no accurate information. And some weeks ago, we thought we taught in on Friday, yes, when we're reading from Hebrews chapter 1, that God who... And in diverse man has spoken to us through the prophets... But now he has expressly spoken to us through Jesus now. So now we moved from him speaking through prophets who also, to an extent, were blurred in their understanding of God. Then he moved expressly to Jesus. Then Jesus came in the flesh to begin to understand or to begin to make us understand everything that the Father had been saying or had been trying to say. Because rightly so, the Father was saying many things but because the mind of man was not renewed, praise God. And so man could not understand because man was being governed by a different kind of principle. That's the principle of the world, cultures, tradition, whatever it was. And so from the standpoint of the fallen world, from the standpoint of their own culture that they created from themselves or for themselves, they judged God, praise God. Uh, such that anything they did or anything they found or thought to be good to them was from God. I, I was telling us two Sundays ago or so that in fact it, it's, it's even streamed down into every aspect of life, down to business. And so maybe you're writing a business plan and there's always a place for, uh, there's a contingency plan or um, mis miscellaneous, <laughs> miscellaneous. 
So there's, there's that kind of plan. And they call it the hand of God. Now, that's a place for natural disaster. But then they say the natural disaster is the hand of God. Now, that's a faulty understanding, and that's a problematic understanding because God doesn't cause natural disasters. Praise God. I mean, if you've been coming to church, you know that. We've talked about that. Now, that, that's not the hand of God. It's as a result of what? A fallen world. And the same thing with the law, even the law that God gave himself. Now, men decided to blur it and, you know, decided to pick the good part for themselves and put a burden on people. But that's not God's plan for his children to have burdens. Praise God. And so he sends Jesus, or Jesus came, and then began to teach us the real intent of what the law was meant to do. Began to tell us the intent of the Father. And he says, no, this is not about punishing you. This is about loving you. This is about guiding you into the right direction. Praise God. And you see, Jesus came as the express image of the Father. And so that whatever we see Jesus do, we understand that that's the same thing the Father is doing. He said it too. He says, the things I see my Father do, those are the same things I do. And so we see Jesus going about preaching, teaching, and doing what? Healing. Anywhere he went, you know that song, yes? Anywhere he went, he was doing good. Praise God. You don't know, you don't have to go to church. Oh, you're not born again. <laughs> All right. So, yes, there's that song. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And so, I told us two weeks ago that if you need to understand God, you just ought to look at Jesus. But again, that's not total. Praise God. Because we said, again, last week or last two weeks, that Jesus said to his disciples, he said, he said, there are quite a number of things, a lot of things that I would have loved to teach you. He said, but you can't take them now. He says, you are still being ruled in the sense realm such that everything you depend on is what you can feel, what you can hear, what you can see and touch. But he said, that's not all to it because even as much as Jesus was with them, now, there still wasn't a spirit communication between them. Meanwhile, the plan of God at salvation is that we become one. Praise God. So as much as Jesus was with them, they still were not one. As much as Jesus was with them, the best they could do was to walk with him and say they believe him. But even as they were walking with him, they were still doomed for destruction because they were not saved. Praise God. So the best was they could be followers. And that's why he told them, he says, go wait for me. He says, I will endure you with the spirit. And that's why you see John 14, 15, 16, continuously he's telling them about the spirit. In 14 now, he now says, 14 verse 26, let's go there again. He says, but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he says, he shall teach you all things. What did he say again? And bring all things to your remembrance. Now, he's saying, the Holy Ghost will teach you all things. That means, the things I'm saying right now is not all. However, Jesus is still the Holy Ghost coming. Praise God. So, that's not to discard the things Jesus taught. It's just that there is more. And now, there is more in the sense that the teaching is better 
by a communication of the spirit that is inside of you. Amen. So, because the spirit now becomes one, the thoughts of God begins to become your own thoughts. The thoughts of God and the burdens of God begins to become your burden. And that's why he was saying that I will write my law in their hearts. Praise God. You remember when the Bible says that? That I will write the law in their hearts. That I will change the heart that's of stones into that of flesh. And so that now there will be communion, no kind of separation between me and them. And that's why when Romans tells us that we establish the law. Praise the name of the Lord. Have you, going for, have you been going for Bible studies? <laughs> you remember when Romans says, but no, the law is not bad, but we establish it. Now that is the spirit of God inside of you is making you, is pushing you, is helping you what is right, to do what is right. And then the law which has been written. So that when a man has the spirit of God and he's in tune and in fellowship with the spirit of God, automatically he does the law that is written. So without looking at the law, praise God, he's conformed. Without looking at the law, there's a power that's at work in him and that is able to fulfill the law. So he's not looking at the law to be holy. He's not looking at the law to be righteous. There's already righteousness imputed in him. And as long as he stays and stands in fellowship, he's able to fulfill that law. And so men not, need not look at the tablets of stone or anything. It's just to pick up a Christian from anywhere and they look at you. And they say, no, this is a representation of God. However, he says, the way this can happen is by the Holy Ghost coming to you. Because now, the Holy Ghost begins to teach you from within. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you getting me? Do you understand? And so what does that tell us? It now tells us that present day believers must consciously appreciate the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Because while Jesus was on earth, because, and it's good, I mean, it's, it's very good. When I say good, it makes it look that we talk about Jesus. Now you get why I'm saying it's very good. Look for the best time. However, there's a ministry that helps you become more effective in your Christian work. And it's the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Because for a while in 2 Corinthians 3, I think from 13, he was saying, he says, for at a time we knew Jesus, by the flesh. Henceforth we know him no more by the flesh. Praise God. But by the spirit. And then he went further and was saying, if any man be in Christ is a new creature, all things are passed away, all things have become new, and all things are of God. Now what he's saying is, for a while, for a moment, everyone was controlled with their senses. And what they could see, or what they called faith then, was in what they could see. Is in what they could touch. But we know now that true faith is not by what you can see or touch. Praise God. It starts first from a spiritual reality. And that's better faith than before. Praise God. Are you with me? And so that in that time when everyone was ruled with their physical senses, people are still being ruled with their physical senses now. 
So everything you want to do is, is about the touch and feel. What we can see. Show us. If this is this, why are we not seeing it? Why did he say that? And then he even had to tell his disciples who worked with him for three years about the Holy Ghost. Because it seemed even the simple gospel of salvation they couldn't understand. They didn't even know what happened at the cross, you know. Praise God. Now, you see why he said the Holy Ghost will bring to your remembrance the thing I have said. Because now Jesus was going to die on the cross. And he had been telling them. And I told us two weeks ago that Peter called him to his side and said, look, if you say that again, <laughs> we're just going to deal with you. <laughs> You know, because they had expectations. Everything to them was physical. The positions they were going to come into, the things God was... And meanwhile, many Christians are still being ruled there. Because for you, for your faith, is all I can get. Praise God. But it's not about all you can get. Such that, now, physical senses still. There was no food. They had been preaching three days without food. And he gave them food. And after a while, he left them. And then they were looking for him again. You know, so when they came to him, they lied. They said, oh, master, where have you been? He says, we've been looking for you, for you have the word of life. And he said, no. He says, it's because of the bread and Titus or sardines you ate. He says, that's why you're coming after me. They said, no. It's the word. You know, some people are like that. Say, No. Guess what? He begins to teach them the word. And someone says, these things are too hard. Who will take them? <laughs> but those are the people coming for the word. It was by the senses. And the same disciples he told that I was going to the father. And then he'd been with them three years. And they kept asking. They said, show us the father. And he said, I've been with you three years. And still you've not known the father. And that's the same thing when all we have to look at is that portion of the Bible. You know, I, I was saying that now we're beginning to do real Bible studies. Because now we're getting into Romans. No stories. And we're getting into Ephesians. No stories. No history. You can't be saying, why did Jesus say that? No. no. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> no, 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 that's the real thing. I was saying they were ruled by their physical senses. Such that the same people he told, as long as I go to the cross. Oh, I'm going to cross. And three days, I'll be back. So those same guys met him on his way to Emmaus. And then they were talking. And they were saying, oh, you know, some time ago, <laughs> we, we had this Savior. He gave us all promises. He said what he can and what he can't. Gave us a lot of things to look up to. But you can't believe it, Jesus. <laughs> you know, because they were talking to Jesus. He said, you can't believe it. He said, tell me. <laughs> he said, the guy just died. And this way, his disciples. So you see that their eyes were not seen yet. But they had the Torah. And they had Jesus at some point. But he says to them, he says, there's a better plan. He says, go wait for me. And then you'll be endued with power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Let's do Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians 3, and we'll see what he means when he began to say he's going to teach them. Ephesians 3. Now, I'll start from one. He says, for this cause, I, Paul, are we there? Quickly, I see some people still flipping their Bibles. I'll wait for you. Three seconds. One, two, and three. All right. Are we there? All right. He says, for this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. He says, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, 
which is given me to you. He says, how that by revelation, how by the explanation of the Spirit, yes, he made known unto me the mystery. Now, from the beginning of the world until this time, everything has been shrouded in a mystery. You've heard those things, God is a mystery. Amen. To some people, it's still a mystery. Say, we can't understand God. That's why he gave you the Bible, 66 books. And you're still shouting, we can't understand God. Yeah, you've never read it. He said, we can't understand God. I want to say something, but not everybody will understand. <laughs> Should I say it in tongues? I just have the cut. He says, how that by revelation, he made known unto me the mystery. And says, as I wrote afore in, in few words, that's from Ephesians 1 down to 3. And he says, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Uh, so this is someone telling you that he has knowledge of the mystery. And then, many years after, you are still shouting. It's a mystery. We can't know. We can't know. We catch you. Knock your head. <laughs> Sorry for the violence. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. And he says now, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles, now that's Paul, Peter, and all of them, and prophets, by what? By the Spirit. So now, we know that they related with Jesus, and that's fine. But then there's a movement, there's a progression that comes that we are in the days of the Spirit, and all things Spirit. That those, again, Jesus was preaching in John chapter 4, that those that we worship the God, the Father, yes, we do so how? In spirit and in truth. And so it will not be by what people are saying. It will be by a revelation from within. Because your physical senses will not be able to explain God. That's why you're always saying mystery. Because you've depended on your mind. And that mind is not even able to effectively do calculus and other things. You know? Sometimes you never find X. <laughs> where, where is X? And you're finding it, finding it. You say, I give up. You know? I was talking to someone <laughs> some days ago, a Hungarian guy. He said, he said you, know, you know the day I dropped out of school? He said he was just in computer science class. I said they tried it, they tried it. <laughs> I said he just packed his book, went out to the dean. He said, I'm done. <laughs> you know, so now that mind is trying to understand God. Of course, God would be a mystery. Because computer science that came by the knowledge of man. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. You see why if you have problems with your studies, you turn to God. <laughs> Some people didn't get it. This, this revelation, you can't find it any other place. It's only here. Praise the name of the Lord. So he says this is being revealed by the Spirit. And yet man will not hear. Because it's about the physical senses, the things you can see. Praise the name of the Lord. And he's saying again, that do not look at the outward appearance. The inner man of the heart says the spirit. So, but how do we get there? Now, that's another question, but when you got filled, or once you got saved, praise the name of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord came alive inside of you. But then what you ought to do now is to begin to educate the mind 
So now you see why it's important to read a lot of the epistles. Praise God. The entire Bible is important. But it's very important to give yourself concrete knowledge of the epistles. And so if you have questions, that's where you should stay. Because the people he was telling about salvation didn't even know. You know, he was just saying it and they were just saying yes. <laughs> he was just saying it and he said, preach, Lord, preach. <laughs> we are your servants, we hear you, preach. But he says, this mystery was not shown to any man. But now, it's revealed by what? By the Spirit. Now, the Spirit we said before is still Jesus, Yes. But now, we ought to relate with spirit as spirit. I mean, while we pray in the name of Jesus, you must come to that point that we worship God by our spirit. We're the circumcision, and I worship God by the spirit, and have no confidence where? In the flesh. Where's that now? Colossians, where? Philippians, okay. <laughs> Philippians, what? Three verse, what? Three. Three, three, yes? Some people are not sure. Philippians, what now? All right. Can someone read it for us? All right. Thank you. And so he's saying that your communication by me is not by looking at a man. There was the man Jesus, but now we worship by the Spirit. Now, the same way we didn't throw away the knowledge of the Old Testament, praise God. And so we're not saying you throw away the knowledge of Jesus. But we are saying God the Father, the Son, is now in you through his Spirit. Teaching you. And so now that's how you establish, that's how you confirm the law. Because now the law of God is working inside of you. So when we're teaching about greater works, it's in understanding these things. Because now this is the new revelation that comes. It's the revelation that begins to explain to you the faith that you've come into. Because they didn't have the knowledge before. So he died. And even when he rose up, they said it was a lie. And now these were the people he, were, he was teaching intimately. You know, some people wish they were in the time of Jesus. He said, if I was there, I would have asked him questions. If he explains to you, we still wouldn't know. He says, I just, I just wish. Better don't wish because I feel some of you would have been part of the people that killed him. He said, Crucify, yes. He <laughs> said, Son of God, who, who are you? Some people will say, How old are you? He said, You are not even up to 50. You say, You say, Abraham, he said, slap him. Some of you would have been like that because the way some of, some, okay, not some of you here. <laughs> Praise God. Because the way some Christians even crucified the church, they said, The church. catch. <laughs> Praise God. And now we're talking about the ministry of the Holy Ghost. And then this ministry began on the day of Pentecost and is a ministry in and through the believer. Praise God. It says, which Jesus, um, while Jesus was around, his presence at best could only help their physical senses. Now the Holy Ghost will not aid what has been emerged or is set in some kind of mystery. Now, so, the best Jesus could help them with was to get them healed. And then, even when we're talking about faith, because we'll still teach about faith, 
in, in greater works. So even when we're talking about faith from the Old Testament, where we begin to find the many types of faith. Praise God. And, and that's fine. But you see, that was dependent again on the physical senses. It says how much you could press. It says how much you could give. How much you can go. How far you can go. Dependent on them. But then you know that gets tiring. But when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, he says you'll be empowered. So now, faith actually starts from within. You know, before it was without. So you had to see. And then the things you've seen makes you press. But for now, or now, the word is inside of you. And it says when you begin to look at the epistles, praise God, you begin to understand all that was happening before. That it needed not to be that tough or difficult. He says you just need to be conscious of what he has said. You just need to be knowledgeable in the things he has said. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you getting blessed? Alright. So now the Holy Spirit, the promise from God, came to impart God's nature in the spirit of man. Praise the name of the Lord. So the Holy Spirit, the promise of God, came to impart the nature of God or God's nature in man. So that even Jesus didn't impact God's nature in man. So you have the nature of God. How? By the Spirit of God. Do we have one church? You have the nature of God by what? By the Holy Spirit. So that means you've got to start paying attention to the ministry of the Spirit. Because again, you are led by the Spirit. But before now, there was no teaching. Everyone had to be led by a teacher, a prophet. But he's saying, a teacher will come on the inside of you. He says, in that day, there will be no man looking for a teacher. He says, everyone will be knowledgeable. Of course, that doesn't stop you from going to church because we instruct you and teach you how to be led. But he says, everyone on his own has no basis for confusion. You know, that's what gave them boldness on the day of Pentecost. Because all through, they had Jesus. And Jesus could only be with one person at a time. I mean, at most, maybe 120 of them would be with Jesus, right? And so when he left, their confidence left. Their confidence was shattered. Everything they built, their hope was scattered. But then on that day, the book of Acts chapter 2, says they were gathered up in the upper room in one accord. They were praying and ministering to the Lord. And then the Holy Ghost came upon them like the sound of a mighty rushing wind. And then they appeared upon their heads, cloven tongues as of fire. And immediately, boldness was imparted. Immediately, everyone knew that Jesus was inside of them by the Spirit. And so, even if they sent one man to a separate island on his own, he was going because he knew that God was with him. So, he didn't need the physical Jesus again. He just knew. He said, all I need is the Holy Ghost. Praise God. All I need is the spirit. All things spirit. And you see, that's why we get people healed. Because we know that the Holy Ghost is inside of us. And that's the boldness we have to preach the gospel. 
And you see, it begins to even trickle down into every aspect of your life. Now, that's greater works. For you know that your, your faith and your belief is not founded on physical senses of what happened before. It's founded on the foundation and the rock which is Christ Jesus. But now Jesus and the fullness of the Godhead is right inside of you. Hallelujah to God. That gives the Christian a different kind of boldness. They say, I have God. But then you're not looking at God in the heavens. You're thinking that you have God is inside of you. The fullness of the expression is inside of you. Hallelujah to God. That's what makes us bold for the gospel. And that's greater works in teaching people and in explaining that. So if you're looking for God, you, look not, you need not look up. You need not look anywhere. He's on the inside. And the explanation of what's on the inside is in the word. The Holy Spirit is the animating reality or is the animating power of God's realities. So that everything that has been said, I mean, you're thinking of faith and then they've taught you how to get things by faith. And the question has always come, how do I get this faith? But he's saying, you have the Holy Ghost on the inside. Praise the name of the Lord. Saying you have the Holy Ghost. You just have to reach in. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, the Holy Ghost begins to reveal in your hearts the things that Jesus, or that the things God has done and then will continue to do. Praise the name of the Lord. And so maybe you want to have the characteristics of the Holy Ghost, you know. So now, that's what he's doing. He's revealing to you all things that the Lord has said. But then let's even look at, at something in, in greater works. You know, we've said before that the disciples didn't understand what he was saying concerning salvation. Praise God. Until the Holy Ghost came. And then Paul is saying now, let's go back to our Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Now, 3 there again. He says, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. As I wrote afore in few words. Whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. 5 now. He says, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets. By what? By the Spirit. Now, what's the Spirit revealing? Remember when we started from John 14, yes? He said, in my father's what? In my father's house, there are what? And what was the interpretation of that? That in my father's family, yes, there's space, there's capacity for people. But now see what Apostle Paul now says that the Spirit is revealing. He's saying, which in other ages, I'll start from five again, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That's what? Praise the name of the Lord. So now, this is Paul who never met, okay, we don't know, but he, no history tells us he ever met the physical Jesus. Now, this was just some guy going to kill his followers. Then he encountered God by the Spirit on the way. And so, without having to meet or see Jesus to receive the message, he accepts the gospel. 
And then the Spirit begins to instruct him. But now this is the real intent of your own Christian faith. He says, this mystery. Now, he didn't say it's a mystery. Praise God. is the mystery. Now, and if they say D, it means, praise God. Some people did English. Some people said no. That's how you understanding me. By tongues and interpretation. <laughs> Somebody say yes. <laughs> the what? The mystery. But now what does Apostle Paul say the mystery is? He says, now when this mystery was revealed, it was that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. Remember when we were saying, in my father's house, there are many mansions. In my father's family, there's an availability. And then we are waiting that all men be saved. That's the point. That's what he's saying. That Gentiles, that people who are not part of the commonwealth of Israel, come to understand that there's space for them. And then that's the ministry that has been given to you. But even with this, it needs the Holy Ghost to explain. Because 12 of them, 120, didn't know. Until the day the Holy Ghost came on them. And let me tell you how this affects you. Is that the reason you have the Holy Ghost is to propagate the kingdom of God. Is to preach. That's why he came. That's the mystery. Is that Gentiles be what? Be fellow heirs. And then the Holy Ghost can help in many other things. Yes, because he said, I won't leave you fatherless. I won't leave you orphans. He says, I will come to you. But then the most important thing that then I begin to do to anybody whatsoever, from whatever background, from wherever they are coming from, from whatever kind of residual knowledge they have, is that once they come, the mystery being revealed to them is that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same bodies and partakers of his promise. What's that promise? The Holy Ghost. So he says that whenever you meet people, your first assessment of them is not whether you're liking them or not. Because you're looking at them and says, is this guy born again? Then if he's born again, he should be a partaker of the Spirit. I mean, we're just thinking of feeling them. My God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're doing around. I was telling them last week when we went to, to Perth. So the Sunday school teacher was teaching and they were teaching and they said, oh, and they were teaching about tongues. And he says, oh, even me, I don't speak in tongues. So when they gave me the mic, I asked their pastor, I said, can I, <laughs> can I show the spirit? <laughs> can I give them some dose of the Holy Ghost? Everyone should get that. Praise the name of the Lord. You should be excited about that. That's what you were called to do. That you should bring everyone else into the kingdom of the Lord and then dispense the wine called the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And I told them, I told them last week, I said, well, for every one of you that has been filled, I said, you see the same way I got people filled. It's the same way you can get everyone filled. And we, you know, we have people in church here getting people filled. Someone told me they got someone filled on the train. I said, ah, <laughs> on the train. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> then I started thinking, I said, ah, on the train. Taking it everywhere. This is that generation lifting the banner of Jesus everywhere. Because we are showing you by the word that that's your call. And you should get inside of you. We'll keep repeating it. Preach the gospel. In and out of season. Preach the gospel. That's your call. Preach the gospel. That's why the Holy Ghost came. 
And the intent of God the Father is not, I told us two weeks ago, I said, well, why are we look to being fixed? You know, we have a lot of things that we need. But once you take upon yourself the burden of the Lord, then more wisdom begins to get into you. Why? Because you are doing the Lord's work. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're doing the Lord's work. You are about his business. Thinking for how the church can grow better. Thinking for how the church can reach more lives. Thinking how the church can touch more souls. How you can be of help to more people. Now that's God's business. And while you work for God, now that's greater works. So while you're working for God, then he pays. And I've been saying it lately. Now because sometimes, just to discourage that whole habit of Let's just serve because of what we'll get. You know, there are some people like that. And then, uh, maybe we overflog the message. That is not about what you get. Praise God. But I tell you, the Lord pays. He says, every laborer is worthy of what? Of his pay, of his wages. And then we are laborers in God's kingdom. But that, your pay now, praise God, is what many people are praying for as breakthrough. Praise the name of the Lord. So then there's just a lot of people wishing the Lord would do this for them. Wishing the Lord would do that for them. And then it's, it's their preoccupation. And then they are just praying about it. And they are just praying about it. And then that person never asked, what's the mind of the father? But then he's praying to the father about his own needs. Meanwhile, Jesus, while teaching on earth, he says, give. Praise God. I, I know many times... He, give, it shall be given unto you. It's just like money, yes? But he says give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure of price down, raising, running down, shaking together. <laughs> who, who doesn't need me or you? <laughs> eh? <laughs> I've stopped preaching. What, what kind of church? So you can't even take a blow for me. Ah, Jesus. See how I've been shouting since I've been shouting, been shouting and you accuse me. <laughs> Good measure, president, shaking together and running over. Okay. Uh-huh. Shall men give unto your bosom? And so he's saying, you're giving. Now, let's, let's take it in the broad sense of it. So you're giving the gospel. You're serving. Now, what he's saying is serve. But he says, why you serve? Because, you know, he didn't say men should give to you first so that you can give. He says, so why you preoccupy yourself with the kingdom's business? He says, the men will see to your needs. So he says, while you're trying to fix others, he says, you're getting fixed. Praise the name of the Lord. And like I said, that's our duty. And then to learn of the things of the Spirit, then you've got to be in church. I mean, I said this, it's a sermon. And you know, for, for us to bring or to repeat the message to you is not grievous. For you, it's a good thing. So we keep saying it. And when you get bored, and look, I'm like, he has come with that message again. That, that's when you're beginning to get it. Praise the name of the Lord. So now, church is good. Praise God. For those of you that have been missing for one week, two weeks, three weeks, that's not God's plan. And just in case you're looking for God's will, at this stage in your life, when you go to school, you go to your job, come back to church. Praise God. Then when you like, you can sleep or do any other things. <laughs> but just, just be coming to church. Sometimes you look, you say, oh, I have this fault in my life. I'm not complete. No, you don't get fixed outside. Praise God. Keep coming. 
You say, oh, I have a sin problem. Oh, no, you, you're not going to get better in the house because that's where you got the problem from. Amen? <laughs> am, I, am I preaching good? <laughs> that's where the problem came, from the world. So we say, come to church. Come to church. And yes, won't massage your emotions. There will be days we'll tell you, no, you're just being stupid. Yeah. And the days will tell you, okay, no, don't worry. Don't worry. Oh, keep coming. Keep coming. And the days will tell you, oh, thumbs up, man. You're trying. You're better than yesterday. And someone said, we'll, we'll tell you, you're being stupid. And say, well, you know, <laughs> in the Bible, we say, oh, foolish girl. Say, who, who, who has bewitched you? Because some people have been bewitched. And then you have to tell them they are bewitched so that they can see it. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. All things spirit. And so is the assignment for the believer. You're looking for the intent of the spirit. First, you have it that the intent of the spirit is to get people saved and to deliver them the promise of the Holy Ghost. And then you're schooling yourself in that. That's what you do with your faith. That's what makes your faith interesting. You know, for some people, the faith is not interesting. And it's because you're interested in stories. When you see the intent of God, boy, it's not boring. There's fun and joy in the spirit. Praise God. It doesn't make you uncool. In fact, it makes you, it makes you hot. <laughs> the Holy Ghost fire, you know? <laughs> no, it, may, it makes you better. What's being cool? Be hot. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The true intent of the Spirit is that you get discipled. Because he says when you've been taught, when you've heard the gospel of salvation, then you come and begin to know the mind of Christ for you. Then you become and you come and you begin to order your life. You begin to understand God's plans and purposes for you. It's by the Spirit. Can we be on our feet? Are you blessed this morning? And then if you're here and you're not born again, you know, I've said it from the beginning. It's always an opportunity. It's always a good thing. It says there's joy in heaven. When an unbeliever gets born again. There's joy in heaven when someone gets saved. That's the only thing that brings joy to God. It says when someone gets saved, there's joy in the presence of the angels. And so God cares about your soul. God cares about you. Now, that's when you begin to count. That's when you begin to matter to him. Once you're saved, then he begins to order your life. So I make that call again. If you've never made that conscious effort, it's another opportunity. Can we have, can we have all heads bowed? And you sing that song, Yeshua, yeah? For everyone that prays in other tongues, you can just bless the name of the Lord. In other tongues, in my understanding and in the spirit, I bless the Lord.
accept the Lord as your Savior or rededicate your life, you can just raise up your hands and I'll just pray with you. You can just raise up your hands from where I can see them. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You see, now we have some people again. Now, for those people, can you drop it a little bit? Now, those, those people that have raised up your hand, please take note. Yes, I would, I would love to meet with you immediately after the service. I'll just be in the office there. Yeah, just walk up to me and we'll just have a short discussion. Yeah, praise the name of the Lord. And now we're just going to pray for healings again. And then we're just going to have the flow of the Spirit. While I was speaking, for someone, you, you felt something touch you on the head. Praise the name of the Lord. Can you raise up your hand? Let me see. If you're, if you're that person, you, you felt a hand, a hand on this side of your head. Praise the name of the Lord. Now there's someone else with a back pain. Now that's about two weeks old right now. If you're that person, you have that back issue. I want the person exactly two weeks. Now if, if you have a back issue, now raise up your hand. Let me see. If you have a pain on the back. All right, there's, there's one person there. Now, if it's two weeks old, I want to see you. Two weeks. All right. Okay, now that's the person, two weeks. Now, that's the flow of the Spirit. Now, let me tell you, for those of you who are born again, you have that flow of the Spirit. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I command those back pains to leave their bodies in the name of Jesus. Pain, I bring you under the subjection of the name of Jesus. Pain, go right now in the name of Jesus. All right, so now it's gone. You can check. Now, if it's, if it's gone, you can raise up your hand again for me to see. If it's gone, all right, so now it's gone there. It's, it's gone there. Be sure, let me see your hand. For those of you who is not gone, it's not gone yet. gathered in the upper room and then the spirit came like a mighty rushing wind and it says and they spoke in other tongues as the Holy Ghost gave them utterance and so now if you're a believer and then you don't speak in other tongues or you're not filled with the spirit and you wish to I'll just pray for you this morning it's that easy it's it's that easy the power of God is that easy now you saw those people who got healed already now you see the message already that brought people to raise up their hands for rededication of their lives to Christ or to accept Christ. Now that's the gospel of peace. Now if you're, if you're one of those people, you can raise up your hand. 
And I'll pray with you again. If you're a believer here, and then you desire to pray in the spirit and in other tongues, and I'll just pray for you from here. In the name of Jesus. All right, everyone praise another. Oh, praise God. All right, now let's worship the Lord. Now, I want you to set a picture. You know, we are going out to, to preach the gospel, yeah. So put in your heart everyone you're going to preach to. I mean, you don't have to see their faces. Just have it in mind. that as I'm going to preach to these people, the seed of the gospel is going to get into their hearts. Amen. Is that all right? So now we worship for the harvest we are bringing. Is that all right? So we just lift our hands up and worship the name of the Lord. All right. you're never far too gone to come back. And the problem will be a reprobate mind that we tell you to come back and then you refuse to come back. And there's forgiveness in the presence of the Father. And so we receive that forgiveness and again join the company of saints. Because then the gospel is big. And then we've got to go out with full force. There's a world out there and he's sending you, sending me. Praise God. Hallelujah. So as you hear this message, take your walk with the Lord serious. For the Holy Ghost of God is inside of you and expecting you to take on his thoughts. Now he's teaching and he's waiting. 
He's waiting for you to get reasonable for that assignment. He's waiting for you to get reasonable and come into purpose. Thank you, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the supply of the Spirit. Thank you for we as we go out. We go out in the strength and in the power of the Spirit. That we have testimonies. And Father, we ask that by your holy child, Jesus, and we just pray the way the apostles prayed, that you grant us boldness, Amen. that your word be spoken with power, Amen. and that they be confirmed Amen. with miracles, signs, and wonders. Amen. Thank you, Father, for your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray.